0: to your Game Bytes show for the week of July the 22nd. I am Jeremy Lawman-Lamont, standing in for our usual host, LeGrand Jolly. Uh, With me instead today are Dale Jones. Hi. Hello, Count Elmdor. How are you this fine evening?
1: I'm alright. I got got this weird cough, but that's alright, because I have a Werther's Originals.
0: Well, we'll fix it in post, and please private message me a Werther's Original. Alright. Also with us tonight is Jared Redeye Dunn. Captain of the B-Team. Captain of the B-team. Reporting for duty. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, actually, maybe you're secretly the A-team in this podcast is the B-team. Uh, you've been pr- pretty prolific so, on the yeah. uh, on the Twitch stream over the last little bit. We had a fun time playing Rocket League this week, right? It so. was fun.
1: I think it's kind of like, like um, Jared is like Wolverine and the rest of us are like
0: Alpha Flight or something. I'd probably be Puck. he's like the little guy. So uh, this is, of course, our midweek show where we at the Game Bytes podcast will talk to you about the games that we've been playing. We'll try to keep it uh, fairly brief, which is why we call it the Game Bytes show. We talk to you about games in short little bites. And, uh, you know, we haven't really planned this ahead, so I'm just going to pick... Um, Dale, tell us what you've been playing this week.
1: Well, aside from some, like, Fallout and Witcher stuff, what I, what I mostly focused on were a couple of alphabet games. So for, for the letter I... I chose Insanely Twisted Shadow Planet, which um, you might remember if you were paying attention to Summer of Arcade on Xbox Live several years ago.
0: Like I th- 2010?
1: Yeah, something like that. Um, this game was a part of that. And then, like, it only fairly recently, I think, showed up on Steam, maybe about a year or so ago. Um, so Insanely Twisted Shadow Planet, it um, it really harkens back to the days of, like, um, playing, like, uh, helicopter games on Windows 3.1, where you would fly into a cave and rescue POWs and then try to fly out of the cave again without
0: hitting the walls or something. Or kind of like a cross between, like, Lunar Lander and Choplifter or something, right?
1: Yeah, uh, maybe Choplifter is actually the game I'm thinking of that I used to play. So it's not... Yeah, you're right. Um, It doesn't have the sort of finicky, um, thrust sort of stuff of Lunar Lander, but it does have that same you know, 2D perspective and so you play a little, um, flying saucer guy, and you're basically just sort of flying through these labyrinths, um, networks of caves under this planet uh, you know, the the titular insanely twisted one um, everything is sort of cast in silhouette, kind of like uh, Limbo or something uh, and you basically just go around and you're you're picking up um, artifacts and things that sometimes give you new abilities to your spaceship, so or your, your flying saucer, rather. So it's got that sort of Metroid, Egovania-esque um, bent to it, to where you might reach a, a dead end that you can't get past quite yet, so you come back later. Um, it's got sort of kind of basic puzzles, as far as I saw. I ended up playing probably, you know, half an hour of it, and I think I got to like the fourth stage or so. Uh, it didn't seem anything too intense, but I could see it maybe getting more difficult as time goes on. I did encounter a boss fight where um, it was uh, sort of in a circular arena, and the boss was kind of like a, a big uh, asteroid-crawling worm or something in the middle, and you kind of had to dart around the edges and, and shoot at him from the perimeter.
0: So is this sort of a free-roaming kind of game, or is it more of a, like, um with, uh, did you ever play bounds. like Pixel Pixel Junk Shooter, for example? Or um, I, I you you basically you're you're given a level. So in that game, I've never played Insanely Twisted Shadow Planet, but in Pixel Junk Shooter, for example, uh, you're given discrete levels, and within each level, there's uh, a, a goal exit to get to. But then you may have some environmental puzzles, and that that game had a lot of lava versus water versus gas yeah. type interactions.
1: You know it. it... I would say yes and no. Uh, the first one or two stages actually had a discrete exit that would plop you out in a different place. but where I quit playing, it had transitioned to being more like kind of like the original Metroid, where it was one large conglomeration of several more discrete areas. so like like your norfair and Brinstar or whatever from from Metroid. Right. Um, so I think it kind of goes both ways um, on that
0: count. If you crash into the cave walls, does it harm you?
1: Uh, no, not not just the the typical cave walls. But oh, good, but because are, I was thinking,
0: going back and forth in a Metroid style game, I would throw down for that. I mean, I couldn't go back and forth and be hitting. There are those
1: walls. sort of environmental hazards, um, but not just your random cave wall. No.
0: So you mentioned power-ups. Do you get the feeling like it's, um, does that open up new kinds of areas, or is it just, like, new kinds of weapons? So the
1: first few power-ups I got were, um, the ability to scan things in the environment to give you kind of a hint as to what you need to do in that situation. Uh, another was just a, a laser beam that would allow you to attack stuff and kill monsters or maybe break down, um... Weakened, weakened, barriers, you know. Uh, and the third one was uh, like a, a claw, so you could like latch onto something and kind of pull it out of the way with a little bit of a physics oh, yeah.
0: force to it. Yeah, that was a that was a big deal in uh, Pixel Junk Shooter.
1: Yeah. So I mean, you kind of get the picture. Um, that's sort of what what kind of game it is. Uh, in broad strokes, and
0: is the music any good? Because I know I know you mentioned that it was in everything was in sort of high contrast, but it's also very colorful, right? So it's not just like black and white. Yeah, there's, it's
1: there's... it's it's the sort of silhouette thing, but um, yeah, there's a lot of color in the background, um, but not maybe just not so much with the the main objects on the screen. There's I mean, there's a yeah. little bit. It's not completely limbo or anything, but it has that sort of limbo or, or maybe PB Winterbottom kind of look to it, where it's mostly sort of silhouette
0: not a good entirely. music
1: i don't recall the music being anything special just
0: some generic electronic stuff
1: uh, i don't even remember if it was electronic it, it didn't stick out to
0: me at all um okay. i didn't play all too right. much
1: of it because i just kind of wanted to check it out
0: it's a game that i've always been really curious about for some reason and i've just never never really played it so well
1: it's all right um it's just it's not something I'll, i think i'll go back to um yeah so the other thing I played the next week, because um, I didn't, I wasn't on the show last week to talk about that then. Oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, I went ahead and did a, a J game as well, uh, and this is one called Jolly Rover, which um, is sort of a play on Jolly Roger. Uh, it's a point-and-click adventure game a la Tales of Monkey Island. In fact, it even shares the same sort of uh, golden age of piracy theme to it, except that in this game you're playing as a dog, and all of the other characters are dogs. Uh, you know, anthropomorphized dogs. And so, as, uh, you know, point-and-click adventures do, it starts you off in a room, and you gotta click on everything and sort of, you know, combine a couple of things to get out of the room, and then you go to the next room, and I mean, I don't want to spoil too much, but you start in the, the brig of a ship, I think you, no, you start as the, the captain of a very small boat that then gets raided by pirates, and then, so you're in the brig, and it's not they call it a brig, but it's more like a storage closet or something
0: that they put you more in.: Or like a poop deck.
1: No, because it's <laughs> well, no, aren't poop decks yeah. open air?
0: I don't know, I just wanted to say I poop think deck. the poop deck is like the deck in the back. So um, I, you know, I th- I feel like I've heard this title before, Jolly Rover. Yeah. I had no idea that it was a point and click adventure. It I, mean, is. I thought it was gonna be, I thought it was gonna be Rover like a you know Snuggle Truck or something like that, like a oh like lunar like like yeah rover. like a yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, so you, you mentioned that it is kind of like Monkey Island. Is this so the style of the game? Like I'm trying to picture. So in my it's, head this car- it's cartoony. Like and, it, and It has is that. It like Scum style. No, Lucas it's arts? it's a
1: little more modern than that. It's um, I'd call it early aughts looking it's cartoon art um and um it's got the sort of you know tongue-in-cheek sense of humor um kind of funny writing and dialogue and stuff it's it's basically what i would consider your sort of archetypical you know i would i would liken it to a lucas arts sort of adventure game yeah i I don't know what you made it but
0: um, like instead of talk is is it like sniff butt
1: um well you don't pick um there's not like a bank of verbs that you choose from you just click on anything in the environment and it does the sort of context sensitive interaction with that thing but sniffing so it takes out a lot of the a lot of the tedium that those games have but inherently i find the genre tedious as you go to hell that style it the game the the game is what it is i just find that sort of gameplay kind of tedious
0: um and is it a lot of canine humor
1: Mm, you know, maybe not as much as you would think. Actually, I didn't get that far in. Again, I played it for about—I think I played this one for probably about forty-five minutes. Um, but you know, I, I got a couple of chuckles out of it. I have to admit, it was—I uh, am kind of intrigued. I usually just bounce right off of point-and-click adventures, but you know, I kind of enjoyed playing with it for a little while.
0: You should make it a personal challenge. You should you should take this one all the way to the end. Nah,
1: not not this one. Um, no. I I play no. actually played the Blade Runner game for a good amount of time. Whoa,
0: where did you get that? Have you had it?
1: Uh, so a listener to call a podcast actually um, he had it, and I I don't know, I think I mentioned I don't I don't know if I mentioned that I wanted to play an adventure game or that I like Blade Runner or what, but um, he got in touch with with me and he was like, hey, I can you know burn you some like ISOs of this and and. So he sent them to me through the mail, actually, <laughs> and wow. uh, it was a it was a real pain to install because it, it's you know uh, I run Windows Seven and it's not obviously meant for that, but um, I must have played probably halfway through that game or something, and it was pretty cool, but I I think I just got to a point where it wasn't clear what to do next, and I didn't wanna I didn't wanna continue on with it.
0: Right. For sure. So well, that's that's pretty impressive, though. I have uh, I have not seen a copy of that game for for quite an age. Uh, so that's well for for not liking uh, adventure games. It sounds like you've been spending a lot of time in the point and click uh, area.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I I just trying to clear stuff off my backlog. Um, it's I I did get through the season one of The Walking Dead. So you know, whatever the huge differences there um i was able to and I, and I i really enjoyed that i haven't played season two yet though so
0: yeah same same all right well that's pretty cool i uh i think that's a good uh yeah. good entry for i and j uh i guess we'll have to wait and see yeah what's next if k so when you when you get to z what happens are you done Xenoclash. with video games forever clash
2: is oh i z. see i see and once you play Xenoclash, then you are done with video games.
1: Well, no, I'll just go back thing. to A, because I, I still got tons of A games. Oh, I <laughs> or No, actually, then i probably got to do, like, numbers. So i got to find something that starts with 1, 2, 3. Oh, man, that would be rough.
0: Jared, what's been on your plate this week?
2: I have been playing, well, Rocket League, if anyone tuned in on Monday. And I actually started playing that uh, a little bit after the stream on Monday. Uh, I enjoyed it so dang much. You know, you can, you can really see it kind of in-depth if you go check out our YouTube stream, of course, but uh, I don't know. it's Something just kind of kicked off with me. I enjoy that you can just kind of jump into a match. Uh, the matchmaking happens very fast. It's probably one of the fastest I've seen, uh, thanks to all the people playing it right now. Uh, matches themselves only last a couple minutes. It's perfect to flip some music on and sit there and just stare blankly at the screen and try to do some really cool maneuvers. So,
1: Is this game really as, as fun as everybody says it is? It's
2: pretty entertaining. I, I enjoy it a lot. Um, I, I, it's definitely worth checking out.
0: Well, part of, part of the fun, I think, and we sort of learned this again in the stream this week, was that uh, part of the fun comes from the fact that you may not be as good at it as you think you would. You mm-hmm. might go for that ball and completely miss it. Everybody else is kind of... I mean, eventually you'll, you'll run up against somebody who's really good at it, but part of it is that you're just... Everybody's flailing around. You never know where the ball is going to go. Uh, sometimes you get scores just by accident.
2: Yeah, I think right now I'm about one in every ten attempts to do something, I, like, nail it, and the others are somewhere between a complete flub, (laughs) or, you know, I hit it, but it kind of veered to the wrong direction, or whatever, so... Yeah. Um, It's a fun game to kind of just jump into, uh, play a few rounds, and then call it quits. I I mean, you could probably sit there for four hours and play it, but... uh, easy, but uh, it, it's a it's a quick one that I enjoy just kind of jumping into.
0: And uh, are you dominating the Oceania server? Actually, I think I still am on Oceania. Still I should on... change that. <laughs> <laughs> funny, funny story about that. So during the stream, we were trying to demonstrate the cross-platform play, which actually works really well, mm-hmm. except for the fact that there is no cross-platform party it, system. Yeah, so. it,
2: it works really well as long as you don't want to
0: play specifically with someone cross-platform, yeah. and then it doesn't worked so great (laughs) yeah so what we so what we figured out was that if we picked the least populated server and the least populated game mode on that server we were only contending with about 700 other people as opposed to 20 some odd thousand other people and we would and we would hit the join game button at exactly the same moment and just hope that we would get paired together it actually it actually worked like two of the three times yeah, two of the three, or three of the four. It, most
2: the majority of the time, we were successful. Yeah,
0: so so definitely check out that video on our YouTube archive, and you can see kind of how, how that went. It's a good one. We were bad.
2: We lost a lot.
0: Yeah, we did lose a lot, but we we sure had heart though. <laughs> it was
2: a real Rudy moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other game I kind of played a little bit, not a lot of, but a little bit of was uh, Skullgirls. So of course, of course, we talked last yeah in the last podcast about Evo. Um, and Skullgirls is one I've heard a lot about, and I've played Street Fighter 4 before, and I was real terrible at it. So I'm like, oh, I'll try something kind of different. Um, so I picked that up, and I'd also heard, we, I think we've talked about it before, but uh, the t- that the tutorial in that game is um, actually something worth investing a little bit of time in. Uh, and it's actually really interesting, because it it doesn't just teach you, you know, like, here's how you block here's how you it, it actually teaches well, like you like this button punches yeah yeah not the like the core mechanic or the the specific mechanics of that game it really teaches you the core sort of overarching mechanics of fight games in general like it, what is a crossover what is a high what is a low what is a mid you know all these how do different you things yeah exactly and and i actually got stuck and kind of gave up and it was admittedly 1 a.m. and i was getting kind of tired uh but I got stuck on the blocking one. So the blocking one starts off real easy. You know, everything's low, everything's high, and then it uh, switches to quote hard, where it does a switch up, and then it goes to really hard, where it's like just just like you would expect someone fighting you to be going high, low, all over the place. So um, switch
0: ups just to make sure that I'm I'm up with my lingo. That's when someone attacks you from behind, from a jump attack or something, that, right? So that's to a uh, no. Direction. That's a
2: that's a cr- uh, what is it? Cross something something cross, something, cross attack or cross something. yeah. No, this is when they're going high, and they go low, and they go high, you know. Like, oh, I see. So I, I played did, that I
1: exact know. same um, set of tutorials, and yeah, I remember I remember that whole test. That but, but
0: it's not really required to play the game either. I mean, you can start no. playing and actually enjoying yourself without Sh- having a clue.
2: Sure, absolutely. And, and if you know fighting game, if you already know that kind of information, then it's just about learning the move. I mean, it's probably no real different than um, other games. There's probably some interesting mechanics where you can... Uh, you know, you have uh, several fighters per round or whatever, and you can knock the enemy's fighter out to where they can't get Yeah, like back uh,
0: to it. Marvel vs. Capcom? Uh, kind sure, I've never played it. The only- Dude, the- you, you just watched Marvel vs. Capcom for like an hour on Evo.
2: No, I didn't watch the Marvel vs. Capcom.
0: Oh, that's my favorite one. You missed out.
2: No, I watched uh, Killer Instinct, and I watched uh, Street Fighter. Uh, which was just, it happened to be the, the times I was available to watch, you know, kind of the prime
0: right. time once the kids. Yeah, out. that was me this year. I didn't end up watching it as much as I had wanted to. I
2: watched to. a little bit of the yeah, Mortal Kombat, but I just can't justify having that on when the kids are in the room. It's, ah, it's, it's, so, like,
0: it's so ridiculous. It's too much. It, yeah, it's too much. Top, it's, like,
2: it? it's like, no, I'm not going to have that on when they're in here. So I've heard
0: <laughs> a lot of adults say that it makes them feel ill to watch some of those <laughs> fatalities. It's just, it's it real, is so man. over the top. It's like, I don't know. <laughs> So, Skullgirls. Let's let's talk about that for just a minute. So, sure. the, the one of the things that's kind of neat about Skullgirls is that all of the I mean, it is very Marvel versus Capcomy in that each of the characters has kind of a gimmick or a particular uh, approach uh, that that they have. Um, and I do not know all the names of the various characters. I mean, I know there's like Squiggly with the hair, the squid is hair.
1: Parasol, um, yeah,
0: Parasol.
1: Yeah, Parasol is the.
0: Um, yeah, I yeah. I don't know him either. Uh, I. I remember Big Band because that was one of the new characters yeah, that they band. added. Beowulf uh, is the, a new character. And then there's the cat girl whose head comes off and becomes like a little thing that rolls around the match, and you can use it as an attack and stuff like that. So, so do you have a favorite character, or one I, that you just have kind of no? I, ha- to? I haven't got even that. even one that you like the idea of.
2: Uh, I haven't got that far into it. I think um, I did like when I was playing. Uh, the parasol. Scene same, yeah, that's it. That was my one. No, the parasol seemed pretty interesting. You know, I, it's been so long since I've played a fighting game. Um, I played Street Fighter 4 when it originally came back, came out on, like, Xbox 360. Uh, so that was, like, four years ago. I don't even know. Um, and then the only other game I would played before that was uh, Street Fighter 2. So I'm not well-versed. Um, but I'd kind of like to learn. They're just kind of an interesting um, aspect of gaming, I think, and... Uh, it's just real interesting. I, I kind of want to get into it a little bit, so I'm kind of knowledgeable.
0: It's very direct, like one person versus one other person. Yeah. Um. So, you, you know, you may not want to squander this. You may be in a prime situation right here, because I think you might still be at the point where you can button mash and win and win and win, having no idea what you're doing. Mm-hmm. As soon as you start to learn some stuff and be like, okay, I'm going to do a combo now it falls apart and you never win again. <laughs> You're right. So you should take advantage of your current situation.
2: I got to find like-minded individuals that have no Start idea what Start playing doing.
0: online just like randomly, tri- you know, challenge people and
2: if, if if I could just button mash and block at the right times, so I'll just I'll be the champion of the world. Yeah. Um, All right. and then a couple of other things I wanted to mention real quick for just kind of gimmicky things. Um, played a little bit of Legends of Eisenwald, uh, which is sort of a turn turn-based RPG type thing I don't know but um it, it it's music is like amazing I don't I don't know what it is it's real medieval I mean the whole game has very low magic there's not much magic to it so it's mostly you know kind of late um maybe 15th 16th century germanic sort of gothic plate armor type guys running around
0: so th- is this a character rpg or is it like a yeah
2: it is, i mean it's so you build kind of up a party and you can add like random henchmen. I, if you played, did you ever play Banner Saga? Yeah. It's kind of similar to that in, in the way that you kind of have your character and then you can kind of add um, like soldiers to your party, but they're not necessarily like, like I have archers and they're just kind of generically archers. They're not like Joe the Archer guy. Um, and then you go to a battle map, sort of like Heroes of uh, Might and Magic, those, those kind of games where it's you know, grid based and you're your guys are on the left, and the bad guys are on the right. And sounds like a kind of advance.
1: Japanese sort of console style strategy tactical RPG, like a, yeah, like a Final it, Fantasy Tactics or Tactics. Yeah, of, or Disguise it d- definitely could like
2: be, and it, it's a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed it, and I kind of like the uh, theme is kind of fresh. You know, again, the kind of the low fantasy, um, almost no fan. Like, there's no real magic that I've encountered other than like you have a healer that quote heals you in the middle of battle, and it's just kind of magical-esque,
0: but... uh, But it's still fantastical, not Earth kind of thing. Yeah,
1: I don't think it's anywhere. I've. So, yeah, I just looked it up, and I'm looking at the screenshots. It actually looks a lot more grounded than kind of what I was Mm. imagining. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, it's very, like, the people have, like, realistic proportions and that kind of thing. Um, And anyway, the soundtrack on that really kind of blew me away, so I've been playing a little bit of that. And then, um, one of the games I've kind of been dabbling in, and we'll probably actually stream this coming up either um, this coming Monday or... Uh, you know, sometime in between or a- thereafter, uh, within the next few weeks, uh, Satellite Rain, which was a Kickstarter, it's an early access, um, and comes out. It releases fully in August, so I kind of wanted to touch on that. And I was a backup. It's about. Were you? It's yeah. actually I was too, and I, I've actually kind of enjoyed playing through it. Um, it's kind of one of those, uh, not not the uh, steampunk. What is Cyberpunk? it? Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cyberpunk type uh, themes. Uh, did you, know, you play um, Lights, Shadowrun? Reigns all the time. Shadowrun. Yeah, Run I did. I played the first one, uh, and I, I started to get into the the kind of the follow up, the Dagger Dragon or whatever. Dragonfall, Dragonfall yeah. something like that. Yeah, uh, but I, I didn't get very far into it. And I'd like to kind of circle back because they have a, a third one coming out soon, Hong Kong. So,
1: yeah, yeah. I, I actually I finished the first one, and I have Dragonfall installed right now. I really liked uh, Shadowrun. It was the the writing in particular was really mm-hmm. well done.
2: Yeah, it's it's very it's just, Satellite Rain is very similar to that in both kind of it the way it plays and uh, the themes. Uh, of course there's no like magic like Dragon Ball. It's totally cyberpunk. Yeah, it's uh,
1: all just cyberpunk.
2: you know, similar stuff. Cool. So if you like games that rain a lot, it's a good it's a good one Ooh.
1: Who doesn't?
2: <laughs> so that's all I've been doing.
0: Cool. Very good. Well, over in my corner this week, uh, I've been playing a 4X game, a brand new one. In fact, I mentioned it on the news show as a, as a new release uh, came out just this past week. Uh, it's called Sorcerer King, and it is the latest in the... I don't know if you call it the Elemental War of Magic oh, series. Oh, so it but... is
1: part of that series. Oh, great. Okay. Yeah, okay. In fact, I, I know is... exactly what you call that series. It's called Elemental, War of Magic, Fallen Enchantress... Legendary, Heroes, Sorcerer King. Sorcerer King, yeah. yeah so that's that, the full name the of this the series. Game. That's a uh, lot of colos. And,
0: and not only is it in the series, but is it? it is explicitly in the timeline. In fact, I had uh, sort of sent a little, little note to Brad Wardell, who is the designer and the studio head at Stardock, and kind of asked him, like, so is this... Uh, all in the continuity is this part you know because the first game originally came out with a book that had been published and everything mm. and I was trying to figure out and, and actually apparently that book is uh th- this all of these games so far are history for that book um mm. but yeah they are definitely explicitly tied together and that's actually it's kind of funny because that is one of the ideas of this particular game in fact uh Sorcerer King refers to the main villain um so uh, it, I don't know how you could actually do this, but the continuity of the game is that in the previous games, your heroes or whatever characters you were playing as, they lost. Um, and the current reigning villain is this sorcerer king, this sort of evil baddie, That's sort of Sauron. Um, XCOM kind of 2 is taking. Yeah, yeah, exactly, similar. exactly same same kind of idea that it's basically starting you out as, you know, there is which is kind of interesting for a 4X game because usually in these sorts of games, you know, like Civilization or uh I mean th- this is sort of a, a descendant in in spirit to Masters of Magic or uh Age of Wonders or some of those kinds of games. But usually it's just y- everybody picks a, a a class or a race and uh you know some statistics for their for their uh civilization and go and everybody just kind of fights with everybody else, everybody's jerks to each other, and, you know, there may be some, um, you know, world enemies, like wandering tribes and things like that, that you might have to fight, but generally you kind of, you know, make your own political situation. In this, the Sorcerer King is explicitly a a, a villain to everybody, and part of the idea of the game is, can you uh, deal with the, the politics or, or the faction relationships, you know. Because in, in all of these games, there's, like, a political system, but it doesn't really matter anyway because everybody ends up hating you all the time. Like, that's just what happens. Are,
1: are you playing as the Sorcerer King or as...
0: No, no. So the Sorcerer King is, is, a, is another character. Like, mm-hmm. he's the big evil faction. And, and the funny thing is that uh, there's actually a timer to this game. Uh, The Sorcerer King is sort of scheming to, I don't know if he's destroying the world or taking over the world or whatever, but there's there's an actual meter on the top of the screen, and every few turns the meter will fill up a little bit. Um, There are magical shards, so kind of like in just about all of these other games, and uh, he sends little minions out to destroy those shards, which increases this timer, and then there are events that can happen that increase that timer as well. So uh, if you have hero characters and they die, you don't actually lose the hero character, but it advances the timer. So if you're playing poorly, uh, the Sorcerer King is you know comes closer to just ending the game, and that and that's the end of it. Uh, it, it. He's also a character who will sometimes proposition you and you know say, oh, well, don't you want to be friends with me? And you say no, go to hell, Sorcerer King, you're evil. And or... he's, he's at, from what I've read, he's actually an
2: end boss, isn't he? Don't you have to fight him? Again? Yeah,
0: well, th- I mean that's the thing. Like if you want to win this game, you have to take care of him yeah. before. Before the the meter, before the, uh, the the doom meter reaches, you know, you, the end,
1: is is it kind of like Civilization or something where there's multiple factions on the map and then? Oh yeah, oh yeah. So is Absolutely. it? Absolutely. In order to win, you have to be the the one to take out the Sorcerer King.
0: See, I don't think the other factions really are equipped to deal with the Sorcerer King. I mean, things actually do happen. Um, the, the cities have kind of a neat little sniper effect, where if, where if you travel into a, a zone of influence, or if wandering tribes travel into a zone of influence, or if you're at war with someone, it'll actually start to, you know, you'll see little arrows firing at them, and they'll they'll eventually go. But I, I don't know that the other factions are actively trying to deal with the Sorcerer King. In fact, in all of your interactions with them, they're usually worried about other things, and you're trying to sort of rally them. So I think just the nature of the game is that you are trying to build your relationships with these other factions. You'll get... Um uh, you know, new units or or benefits from them, and you rally everybody together, and eventually build up enough power that you can start to take these guys on. Uh, and it's fairly character based. So if you've played any of the previous games in the series, uh, you know there are definitely hero characters. Uh, they have their own levels up. Your your actual sorcerer, you, the 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 faction leader. In some of the previous games, that you had actually been represented by your own avatar, and they've done away with that. And in general, the game is it, it tries to streamline things, it does a few things that it's a little hard for me to talk about 4X games because I don't know what everybody else has been doing or playing lately, and, and so I don't know what other advances in in the genre have happened. But, for example, instead of the turn button, I mean, one thing that always happened to me is I was always worried about, okay, did I take all of my turns? Were there idle, you know, units or something? Is there a city that's not building something that I need to? And they've actually conglomerated all of that into the turn button. So you actually cannot take a turn. Well, you, you can, but the turn button... It makes it alternately, clear. yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's basically like instead of being the turn button, it's oh, you have idle units, so it sounds you like can't what um en- endless legend,
1: with. which came out last year, did did a very similar thing.
0: Yeah and actually people have mentioned Endless Legend to me as as they've sort of seen me playing this. So I I have not uh, I've not played it's with that. Really so that's good. one th- I enjoyed that game a lot, yeah. So that's one thing that they do is they try and streamline that. And then the other thing is there are no queues in this game. So that for me was one of the things in 4X games is you you build up an impossibly long queue, you know, five units and it's going to take you 90 turns to build whatever it is, uh, and this they've done away with the queue, so you don't even like it or hate it. Uh, you want, Once a city completes its task, building either a, a, an add-on component or a unit you then deal with that again down in that turn button. So they try and streamline it a little bit and make sure that you're only dealing with things that are immediate and imminent. You don't do a lot of planning ahead. Um, and uh, so in a few other things, uh, in other games you're building a ton of cities all the time, just building cities everywhere. Uh, in this, they actually specifically set aside portions of the map where you can build. You'll see little, um, as, uh, asset counters or resource counters that you can say, okay, this has good production, or this has good good uh, food uh, harvesting capabilities, and, and you cannot build cities randomly like you can in other games. Uh, what you can do is you can send a settler to build an outpost so that you can actually expand your territory. And as you get shards in your territory, or as you get um, resources like uh, clay pits, or you know, uh, grain fields, or Uh, just other other kinds of things, steel mines, things like that. You can reap the benefits of those and start building new kinds of units with the thing that you, you know, steel, for example. You start to build new kinds of uh, melee units. If you find a horse pasture or something like that, you know, you get mounted units and and that sort of thing. Um, So the... I I just finished a game. I just retired from a game earlier tonight. The thing that happens with 4X games, or at least it happens to me, is you play and play and play, and it kind of drags on... Uh, and you're sort of you think you're doing all right, and then suddenly dudes just show up and they clean house. They you know, uh, and that the, the the thing about the the doom meter is that it sort of just codifies the, the that flow of the game. I mean, it seems like it would be. Um, you know, you kind of would be building up strength as time goes on, but what I found is that I, as, a, as a mid-level character, I was being overwhelmed by these high-level... I mean, at some point, there are actually these, you know, three or four main armies with these giant, titanic, like, element based characters, like a fire demon and an ice giant thing. And it's, it's like, oh, you have a mission, you need to defeat these. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, I'll deal with those guys at some point. And suddenly they're stomping through my my area. I mean, they start leveling cities and stuff like that. And uh, I feel like, I don't know if I had just advanced the Doom Counter too much or if it was just a you know bad, bad round for me. I don't know what it was, but it was the same sort of thing where finally I was just like, okay, go to hell, Sorcerer King. Um, but I'm going to try it again and maybe try it on a bigger world with more factions. I was I decided to start out with a mini uh, world, so only two other factions. Um, and I'm not sure if that meant that there was more focus on me as the player character. So maybe if I spread it around a little bit and maybe have a little wider area for things to traverse, maybe that'll, you know... Uh... Maybe that'll work out for me. So They'll just gang up on you. Yeah, but th- these games are, are tricky for me because even in the past, so I've played all of the previous games in the series uh, except for Legend, the Legendary Heroes version of Fallen Enchantress. Uh, so I don't know exactly what evolution happened in, in that specific game from this, but these games are, are dangerous because if I sit down with them, I will blow a whole morning on them or a whole afternoon I will just sit and play and play and play and then by the end of it feel like oh my god I didn't do any of my housework I needed to mow the lawn what am I doing with my <laughs> life um, so that's the other thing with Forex games that's a little bit tricky so I know I know Red Eye has kind of seen me on my Steam status and said oh you're still playing that is it a lot of fun and I'm like yeah it's fun but I, I'm always sort of torn just got about whether one more to recommend to
1: do before I log off
0: yeah, and I'm a little torn about whether to tell someone like, "Oh, yeah, you'll really enjoy it. It's really fun." Because unless someone has the same sort of—I don't know—I have this like idiosyncratic uh, attraction to to those sorts of games, um, but I never feel good about it. Um, I really, really want to play some of the other. Uh, you know, you mentioned uh, Endless Legend, was it? And I just started
1: re-in- i just started
0: reinstalling that. By the way, yeah, <laughs> that's a good game. Does yeah. that have multiplayer?
1: Mm. I don't know.
0: Uh, And the other one is Age of Wonders 3, which came out. I'm a big fan of the Age of Wonders series, but I have not picked that game up yet, and I I really would like to play that. I still have Clockwork Empires, which is, I think it's in early access. Uh, It's sort of a steampunk, Lovecraftian uh, kind of 4X style game. You know, I really
1: liked um, Beyond Earth Civilization. A lot of people didn't, but I I had a blast with that. I played it like 35 hours or so. Yeah,
0: and that I haven't played, but I did play a ton of uh, Alpha Centauri which is a, I mean, that's an old one, but uh, it was a really good one, too. So, I I do expect to be playing more Sorcerer King. Hopefully it doesn't affect my what you've been playing list in the future. (laughs) I've got to make sure not to let it squeeze other things out, but, uh, yeah, that is is on my list, and so far I've only played a, a, you know, a a match where I Mm -hmm. retired, and it takes a long time, too, to eventually have to give up. It's you know, it's like that old uh, sports taunt. You came a long way just to lose.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. You can play like a 12-hour game of Civ or something and, and not win. <laughs> and suddenly realize
0: there is no way for me to, you know... I mean, I threw everything I had at these demon dudes and there's just there's just no way. So all I could do was let them stomp all over me. And, and I could not save... You know, I couldn't restore my game far back enough... Uh, to to try and change my fate, you know, but just kind of like XCOM you mentioned earlier, I, I do want to, something that I personally strive for is trying to own my version of a game, so not always getting a perfect, you know, perfect record, not always winning, not always getting, you know, exactly my way. Uh, so I decided on this one. You know what? It was a good match, but I'm going to gonna retire this. So uh, I'll, I'll be going back to that and, try and trying my hand again. And it's only version 1.0, and uh, this studio in particular is uh, very dedicated to improving. I mean, Elemental itself, the very first game, uh, is famous, I think, at this point for being kind of a mess. I, I enjoyed it. I... I don't know that I really experienced a lot of the problems that people had with it, but uh, this series has been sort of a, a project of iteration for them, and uh, so I expect that there will still be a lot of tweaks and changes as the uh, feedback comes back from the community and people play it. So, so that's it for me, Sorcerer King, and uh, that's it for this podcast this week. So thank you very much for listening to us. Uh, if you would like to comment on any of the games that we've talked about, or if you want to respond to any of the Asinine assertions that we made uh, you can do so uh, collectively on Twitter uh, at Game Bytes Show you can reach out to us uh, as a group individually you can also send us messages I am at Jeremy underscore Lamont
1: I'm at Count underscore Elmdor
0: no I'm at Red underscore I Team underscore this week yes uh, you can also find Legrand at L-E-G-R-A-N-D-E uh, as we talked about a few points in this show we also have a Twitch stream we stream at least weekly right Jared? yep And uh, this week, of course, was uh, Rocket League, and we've got some other things coming up for you as well next week, as well as just some general streaming that may happen here and there as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then at the top of the week, we will talk about the news, new releases, and a special topic that we have handpicked just for you. So until next time, we appreciate you listening to us. This has been your Game Bite show for this week. Thank you so much, and we will see you next time. Thank you. See ya.